Hold your applause. None needed. We were gonna get there eventually. We're here. What the hell is going on with this guy? <laughs> Now, I don't know if he's, if he's just a bit of a dick or if it's just like a, like a Dallas Cowboys thing. And that could be taken a bunch of different ways. That's just... <laughs> What is going on, everybody? It's so nice to be back. Welcome into the Fantasy Football Champs podcast. AJ, how are you doing tonight, good sir? Oh, man, I'm doing fantastic. It has been a minute since we've recorded. Yeah, it has been way too long, and we are planning on writing that wrong tonight with a big free, uh, free agent show, talking about some of the transactions that have happened so far. And this is probably the most active free agency in in recent memory. I can't remember there being more of a wild free agency than this one. Oh man, I mean, we got some big names moving. We got the Melvin Gordons of the world, Todd Gurley, Ugh, Tom Brady. I don't even want to say it. It's crazy. So much, so much stuff has happened. We have a lot to cover. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's been a while since we uh, you guys heard from us, and uh, you know, we want to apologize for that. You know, we got a little busy. To make a long story short, but we're back. We're not going anywhere. Time to dive right back into this new season. Yep, and me and you, we're already like, we're already right up to speed. We've over the what over the last month, we've been in two uh, slow drafts for dynasty formats. One of them, an experts league with the guys over at Sleeper Wire Network, and then we recently just completed a fourteen team dynasty slow draft with uh, members of the Facebook community. So that wrapped up probably about, what, like a week ago? Yeah, about a week ago. I'll tell you what, once once you start drafting, it doesn't matter what point in time it is during the season, the off season, whatever. It's just, oh, man, you get that itch. You get the drafting itch. You just want to keep going. I, I, just, I just started a third Dynasty League. <laughs> it's just a free league. You know, I'm going to mess around with it a little bit. But, uh, oh, man, it's exciting. Yeah, and you know what else is really nice about drafting? Like, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, let's be frank, it's way too early to be drafting right now. Like, uh, when we were doing the, the Dynasty League with the Facebook people, we, half of the players that are, are, were free agents weren't even on teams yet. And we're still trying to draft these guys like we know where they're gonna be. So, it's funny how now that a lot of the big names have fallen, when we go back to look at the draft, you got some people that are like happy with their picks because it turned out to be really nice value because of where the players end up landing, or you got some people that aren't so happy because, uh, for example, if you drafted Jameis Winston to be your QB one, he's currently not on the team yet, and it's not looking too great. So you got some people that are happy with the outcome of free agency. You definitely got people who are not happy with the outcome. 
we will be doing a podcast breaking down that dynasty draft. Uh, pretty much everybody who drafted with us requested having their teams broken down. So we will get to that. And it was truly wild. It was the most active dynasty draft I've ever been in in my life. There did was, we, did over- we get a trade count? That, I mean, that was, I mean, for the guys that don't know, all right, the fact that we had so many people, it was a 14-team league, right? It's a 14-team league. It's everybody in our Facebook group, which, you know, there's a lot of people in the group, but it, it, the fact that we can do a draft right now, a slow draft, there was probably like 50 trades during the draft. It was absolutely outrageous. The fact that we had enough football freaks like ourselves to just dive right in and just get crazy with it. Oh my god. It was so much fun. I had a blast doing that draft. Yeah, it, it was it was really fun. Now the the timer was set for there was an eight hour timer and I felt like by the time a pick or two would happen, there was probably like three trades in between each pick for like the first eight rounds at least. It was truly wild. I've never seen anything like it before. It definitely made it interesting, and uh, I'm looking forward to playing that one out. Yeah, oh, man. it's You know, you know what, man? It's just like I was looking at my team today, and I'm like, oh, man, there's so many questions. Yeah, like I, I, people, I, I Basically, I adjusted the rosters. We, we were having roster issues with the sleep wrap. I went in, I fixed it. As soon as I fixed it, as soon as I submitted that setting... I got alerts. My phone was blowing up. So and so made a roster move. So and so made it. Picked up a free agent. So it's it's just madness. Like I mean, yeah, I picked up I picked up Brian Horry today. A second after I got the alert, my phone <laughs> that the Pat signed him. Like it's just it's a year long thing. It's so much fun. Yep. And for those of you out there listening, the reason why he picked up Hoyer so fast was because this is a two quarterback league. So Hoyer actually has a little more value. If it was a one quarterback league, I'm sure Hoyer wouldn't have been picked up. I feel like oh, I course. should just throw that out there. Yeah, of course. Plus, it, 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 I mean, listen, I, that was the first time I've ever done a dynasty league. All right, when it comes to redraft leagues, I'm your guy. All right, listen to me. Okay, I can help you out. Win championships every year. Dynasty was in is new territory for me, so I was learning as I was going. Uh, I waited on a quarterback. And I, I realized that was a bad move because right now, right now, Dwayne Haskins is my guy, which makes me <laughs> like I'm starting to shed a tear right now just saying. It. Although, because I picked at the 14th spot, I now have the very first pick in the rookie draft, which I'm going to end up taking Burrow. So hopefully he pans out. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, I saw Hoyer. You know, sign back with us. He knows our system. He plays well anytime he's playing for us. So I mean, he's capable, you know, to get something done. And if the fact that we can play two quarterbacks, I figured why not? I mean, Dwayne Haskins is probably going to be trash. You know, no offense to the Redskins fans, but uh, yeah, hey, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, uh, it was it was funny. As soon as the Patriots did draft Hoyer, I checked my phone. And I already had three messages, and the most recent one said, "Wow, you jumped on quick." And I was like, "All right, who got him?" Because the news dropped 61 seconds ago, and I saw that it was you. And I was like, "All right, I'm really not a surprise." Because I was like, when I saw it, I was like, "All right, you know what? I may consider picking him up here 
just for like bi weeks because I already have my two quarterbacks. And then you were already on it, and apparently there was a, a bunch of people already on the app, potentially thinking the same thing. Yeah, see, and I'm not gonna sit here and condone texting and driving, but I'll tell you what, I was on my way to Target trying to get some toilet paper. All right, <laughs> in this crazy time we're having right now, and I had to get the alert. Within two seconds, I went in. I took Toya. I picked him up. I dropped out. I remember what I dropped? You know, I I had to get another another quarterback on my roster. Which let's just touch briefly on this whole coronavirus thing. You know, hopefully all you guys out there are staying safe, washing your goddamn hands. You know, just it's crazy. Don't go out unless you don't have to. I know we're based in Rhode Island, up in New England. I mean. The states around us that shut down. I know California shut down. It's, it's getting pretty wild out there. Yep, California shut down. New York shut down. I heard that Massachusetts could be shutting down tomorrow. And Rhode Island, down. yeah, and Rhode Island is supposed to come out at one o'clock in the afternoon uh, tomorrow with uh, with an announcement about like their travel situation and stuff too. So we'll see how much longer they last. Uh, yeah, so Corona's uh, it's pretty serious, and it really sucks. So just a heart back on your point, if you don't need to go out, don't go out. It's really not worth the risk. And, uh, yeah, hopefully doing the Dynasty draft and stuff like that, it helps keep some people busy and preoccupied during this time. I know I work in the medical field, so having a slow draft where it was able to, like, keep my mind in, like, a positive space – uh, definitely helped me out. So hopefully doing these drafts and stuff so early in the year helped you guys get through it too. But, but yeah, for, we just got to hang guys. tough and uh, we'll be fine. Yeah, exactly. And, and for all the, all the, you know, pretty much everybody's staying home. Unless you're working at a place like Mark does and I work at UPS, we're not shutting down. So really, I mean, if you're at home and you don't have much to do, you're getting bored. Pop on a podcast. Let's go. I, I know. I want to do an episode. Uh, you know, when it gets closer to the the start of the of training camp, I want to revisit w- what we predicted last year, and I want to see kind of where. I know I was really high on McCaffrey, and you know, I I had a couple hot takes. You had some hot takes. Jared Cook, you know, that's me, the guy. Uh, <laughs> I want to I want to do an episode right where we break down if we're right or wrong right maybe see who knows their stuff a little better but we'll go at that we have plenty of episodes we i mean we're getting we're gonna start ripping them off here pretty soon but it's always nice to revisit the classics yeah well all i know is i predicted that uh fitzpatrick would be like a top 14 guy and uh that's the second half of the year I was right. I don't know. I don't know if the first half was good enough, but I was just happy that I didn't look like I was totally off base on that one. So thank you to Devontae Parker for kind of bailing me out with that call. But I get Jared Cook jokes all the time doing doing the slow draft. You know, a couple weeks ago, people were chiming in about Jared Cook. I stand by my guy. Okay, when he came back from his injury and Drew Brees was healthy. I'm pretty sure if you break down the numbers, he was the number one tight end in the back, you know, quarter of the season. So, you know, take a look at the numbers. I'm not crazy, okay? <laughs> I don't know about this year. Yeah, it's a little different this year. He's a year older, but we'll we'll see. We'll see how he's looking. 
Yeah, no, Jared, Jared Cook ended up being fantastic. I know he won some people some championships coming down the stretch, but I think that's, I think that's enough for the catching up. I think it's about time we jump right into the free agency stuff. What do you think? Oh, let's dive right in. All right, so we're going to go, uh, I took down a ton of notes here, so I'm just going to rip through them and going to go basically player by player and in some situations, if a team made more than one move that's going to be fantasy relevant, in my opinion, we'll cover them as a team instead of an individual. So since we were just talking <clears throat> about Jared Cook, uh, I think we stayed in New Orleans. So it's worth noting that Drew Brees re-signed a two-year deal. And, and probably more importantly for fantasy-wise, they signed Emmanuel Sanders to a two-year 16 uh million dollar contract what are your thoughts on I mean it, it's Drew Brees so we know how we feel about him right he's going to be he'll, he'll be in the top 10 <clears throat> pretty much a lock and uh, like you know what you're going to get with him but yeah. what do you think we can get out of Emmanuel Sanders in the offense now Michael Thomas is is still the big guy over there he's the number one no, no one's touching that but do you think Emmanuel Sanders could eat into some of Jared Cook's productions your guy or do you think he's going to be a nice fit over there uh, well, see, the thing with Drew Brees is he spreads the ball around so much. Uh, well, I mean, not really. I mean, he goes to Michael Thomas like 80% of the time, but that other 20% of the time, he does spread it out. So I, I don't think it will hurt Jared Cook too much. Jared Cook is still going to be a massive, massive red zone target. Um, and, I mean, them locking up Drew Brees, all that really does is that just solidifies that Michael Thomas is going to be the receiver one this year. Right. I mean, I said he was my number two last year, uh, only behind Hopkins, when really, I mean, it wasn't even that close. Michael Thomas is the best receiver in football right now. And I think it's going to help Kamara. Um, he had an off year, but a lot of that is because Breeze was banged up. So if Breeze can stay healthy, I think all those Saints are worth having. Emmanuel Sanders is going to be worth drafting this year. Yeah, no, I, I like the Emmanuel Sanders fit. A lot, actually. I think, I think he'll uh, definitely compliment Michael Thomas because if you think about it, last year, right, aside outside of Cook and Thomas, like who who is the next guy up? Like they didn't really have a guy who really separated himself. I think Emmanuel Sanders still has enough in the tank to be a good wide receiver too for them. He does, and I thought, uh, you know, before they signed Emmanuel Sanders, I kind of was on. You know, I, I thought Traycon Smith was going to have a, a bigger year this year because he has shown flashes. But, uh, and then, I mean, how much longer is Ted Ginn going to do this? Like, Ted, I feel like Ted Ginn has like four or five touchdowns a year. And it's just like, they they needed that second receiver to really be consistent. I think Emmanuel Sanders can definitely bring the consistency to that offense. So I think, I think Sanders is definitely going to be definitely rosterable he's gonna be he's gonna have a, a pretty decent impact over there all right uh next up now again these are all players that i think are at least worth noting they're not all gonna be the sexy names i follow that up by saying nelson aguilar signs a one-year deal with the oakland raiders uh i mentioned him because outside of tyrell williams and daryl waller I mean, I'm not going to compare those guys to what the Saints situation is, but they have another clear wide receiver one and a clear tight end who's arguably 
the number one option. So do you think Nelson Aguilar could make any kind of splash over there? I imagine he's going to step in to be the wide receiver, too. Uh, you know what? I'm not big on Aguilar. That Darren Waller is going to take so many targets. Um, and then, I mean, Terrell Williams is, he's a great red zone target. But, I mean, he's, I mean, be honest, he's not a true receiver one. They pretty much have, uh, Aguilar is like a receiver three, in my opinion, and he has no hands. I mean, Eagles fans know what I'm talking about. This guy dropped so many friggin' big passes. Um, I'm not, yeah, I'm not excited about Aguilar. I, I don't, I mean, I, I think it's, I think he needed a change of scenery, but I don't think Oakland's the answer. Or LA, sorry. Yep. Um, alright, next up, we have Kenyon Drake. Now, Kenyon Drake signed a one-year tender worth $8.4 million. Uh, I don't want to talk too much about David Johnson here in the Kenyon Drake portion, just because David Johnson has his own category on this list. So it is worth noting, though, that when David Johnson was out, Drake took over most of the workload. He stepped into a three-down roll. Um, the Cardinals, again, they're, they're like one of the hot teams right now. There's another wide receiver that they acquired that is going to change an outlook on Kenyon Drake. But when Drake took over, I mean, his last three games, he he had a, he averaged 121 rushing yards a game over the last three with seven touchdowns. So he 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 balled out and he kept David Johnson off the field. Now I don't know if Arizona was just done with DJ at that point and they were just using the new toy in Kenyon Drake, but there has to be something being said for Arizona getting rid of him and keeping Drake around. So I think Drake could be in a really nice spot uh, coming into uh, this season here. And again, this is what I mentioned in the Dynasty draft. Whoever drafted Drake got him for a good price because now it looks like he's going to be a steal for the owner who drafted Drake. Yeah. And uh, I just want to correct myself. I said uh, <laughs> the Raiders. I, I was incorrect twice, right? They're not the Oakland Raiders. They're not the LA Raiders. They're now the Las Vegas Raiders. So I just want to, you know, correct myself on that. Uh, Kenny Drake. Kenny Drake surprised the hell out of me last year. Uh, I always knew he had potential, but to keep David Johnson off the field, I did not see that coming. He looked great. Um, and the Arizona Cardinals are a, a team on the rise. Kyler Murray looked good. I mean, if he he's only going to get better. And then adding Hopkins, oh my God! I mean, you, just think about that hey, offense now. D- don't go too into Hopkins yet. Save him for later. Well, I thought we we're doing the same team as a team. Not 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 on this one. That that Hopkins, another guy, he has his own category. All right, Hopkins is on his own category. Well, I mean, Kenny Drake. I think I think you're going to see more of the same. That offense is gonna, yeah, he should have so much room to work. They're not gonna be able to stack the box at all. And he's a dual threat because he can receive the ball also. So I think Kenny Drake is gonna be a, uh, a pretty big time player in fantasy this year. And I feel like he might slip into the area where he's a pretty good value. But I mean, that could all change. Who knows? All right. So next up, this one is near and dear to my heart. I'm not going to tell you the player yet. I'm just going to give you a couple stats, okay? Okay. This, this player led the NFL in passing yards at 5,100 with 33 touchdowns, only 26 years old, and finished as a top-five quarterback in 2019. And said player 
looks like he could be going as a backup quarterback in 2020. Is it the 30 interceptions? <laughs> Probably. Is it the off-field antics? I'm sure that doesn't help. But Jameis Winston is still not on the team. He is not on the Buccaneers. And it is a tragedy that this man's not going to be a starter. He has a ton of potential still. And I feel like if he goes to the right team, maybe more of a disciplined coach that can kind of coach him out of the bat throws, I still think that Jameis Winston has a ton of potential. He was a top five fantasy quarterback. The dude doesn't even have a team right now. I don't... See, you know how I feel about Winston. Right? Anybody that listens knows how I feel about Winston. My thing is, it's just... He, uh, I mean, the 30 picks, if Bruce Arians can't straighten them out, like, look what Bruce Arians did, right? His first year with the team, the guy leads the league in touchdown passes and leads the league in passing yards, right? Didn't he, did he lead in touchdown passes? I can't remember. I'm, I'm not sure if he led with the touchdown passes. I do know that he led with the, uh, with the passing yards. Well, I mean, either way, the, the guy kind of balled out, but, I mean, it's just I can't get behind this guy. Like he has character issues. We all know that, right? We we already know this guy's character issues. How many teams are desperately in need for quarterback? I mean, obviously you can see New England, but I know Bill Belichick's not trying to get that guy over there. So I, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know where your boy's gonna land, but he might end up being a backup. If he ends up as a backup, I mean, that's just a shame. I actually, I'll actually feel bad for him. Like. Like the turn, the interceptions were insane. Like I'm not sitting here saying that he, uh, like he's the best passer in the world. But I mean, just I mean, look at the statistics. Like this dude should be a starter on the team. Like he should not be a backup. But I don't know. Maybe he goes to a team and he can be behind. Uh, I don't know, more of a veteran quarterback maybe, and maybe he can a, a year or two of sitting back watching. Maybe that can kind of get. I don't know a little smarter with the ball maybe but I don't know I just think it's crazy that to this point he still doesn't have a job like I like I didn't see that coming I really thought that James would have been on another team by now I actually thought that he was going to be back with Tampa Bay but Tampa Bay went out and got their own shiny old new toy but we'll get to that a little later I'm saving that one for later because that's another touchy one yeah definitely but you know who we can talk about? Let's talk about that DeAndre Hopkins guy. So yeah. DeAndre Hopkins was traded to the Cardinals for a bag of peanuts, and it was it took the world by storm. Like everyone was shocked when the details of that trade came out. That was the David Johnson Hopkins trade with the picks. Uh, Hopkins did have his worst performance, fantasy performance since 2016, and he still managed to finish top five in PPR. He's 27 years old, which is the prime of his career. Uh, Kyler Murray, I'm fully expecting Kyler to absolutely pepper the shit out of him with targets, and and as he should. I think that uh, D-Hop is going to warrant another first-round pick in fantasy. And I just want to say congratulations to Arizona, right? Going out there and getting your young, high-potential quarterback. You go out there and you get him, arguably the best receiver in football. Like, I take my hat off to you. Like, that's making big moves. I like that a lot for Arizona. Yeah, that's that's how you wanna that's how you wanna build your team up. You get a good young quarterback, and now you're putting the weapons around him. The DeAndre Hopkins, 
like I said earlier, I would only I would say he's number two right now to Michael Thomas. But I mean, you know he's gonna be hungry. He's the type of player that he he's gonna have a chip on his shoulder. And I hope I, I mean I haven't if there's a game where Arizona plays Houston, oh man, I can't wait to see that. But I mean, he, he's got such a chip on his shoulder. He's gonna want to dominate. And now you got Larry Fitzgerald on the other side, which I mean, there's no denying the fact Fitz is you know his career is coming to an end. He's still playing well enough. But I mean, he's never had he hasn't had a good counterpart since what Inquan Bolden. So yeah. I mean, it's gonna be a hell of a combo over there. Now, what do you think? What do you think this is going to do to the fantasy value of Christian Kirk? I mean, this obviously can't be good for him, right? Uh, it's bad news for Kirk. I mean, unless unless Fitz gets to the point in his career where he's really kind of getting—I don't want to say phased out, but he's just not really making an impact. Maybe Kirk will, you know, still make some noise. I'm sure he'll he'll put up some decent numbers, but I mean, he, I'm not going to be looking to draft him. Yeah. Uh, I'm still be, I'm still interested in Kirk just because the age. You got to figure Fitzgerald will be out of at the end of next season. I'm pretty, he's on a one year deal right now, so I think uh, for the 2020 for the 2022 season, I think that Christian Kirk could be a really good play next to Hopkins. He's going to get a lot of single coverage, but for this season right now, he's definitely a. Uh, I don't have to much confidence in drafting Kirk. I'd still be okay with him, but I, I wouldn't be drafting him, planning on rolling him out there as like my wide receiver too in fantasy. Um, no, next, we have a... No. And next, we definitely we have another huge move that happened that no one expected. Well, I didn't expect. Todd Gurley got released by the Rams, and he signed a one-year deal with the Atlanta Falcons for $6 million. Now, he's still making... Uh, I think it was another, like another five and change million from the Rams. So he, I think he's making like a total of like eleven ish or twelve million this season. So he's had the one year six mil with Atlanta. Um, it's crazy because I feel like Todd Gurley's been around forever, but the dude's only twenty five years old. Now last season, I mean, as you guys know, he was down across the board everywhere: rushing attempts, yards, touchdowns, targets, receiving yards. Uh, receptions, like he was down in every category, and that was not reassuring at all. But we knew the Rams were going to limit him because of the knee issue. Now with Devontae Freeman out of it, Gurley is back to being the number one, and he's only signed a one-year deal. So, do you think this could be like the rejuvenation he needs? He's going to be there with Julio Jones, Matt Ryan, and <coughs> what is Edo Smith going to come in there and take Todd Gurley off the field? I mean, Gurley's on a one-year deal. He could absolutely feast this year and prove to all the other teams out there that he's still that guy. What do you think? I think I think this might be my favorite free agent move out of every one of them. I think Todd Gurley. I, I know I know he wanted to go back to Georgia, so he's right where he wants to be. He's on a phenomenal offense. Like I mean, you got Matt Ryan, who is so consistent. He's so consistently great every year. And then you got Julio Jones. Oh my God, man! I mean, they lost Austin Hooper. I'm sure they'll fill that void with you know that they'll figure it out. But Todd Gurley in that Atlanta offense. Oh my man! And the fact that it is a one-year contract. I think. I mean, you mentioned it to me on the phone. I think maybe last week 
But the fact that it's a one year, they're probably gonna ride him out this year. Like they're they're not gonna leave any tread on the tires. I think they're gonna use him. And when Todd Gurley gets all that volume, he's easily the best back in the league. Well, except for McCaffrey. Yeah, McCaffrey's another animal, but Todd Gurley getting, you know, three hundred touches, oh man, it's gonna be a big year. Yeah, definitely could. I'm really excited about the Todd Gurley. Uh next up, since you mentioned Austin and Hooper, right? How about we mention how he got replaced by Hayden Hurst? Right? You probably thought I was going to do the Hooper one now. We're going to do Hayden Hurst because we dive in everywhere. Uh, I think, my take on Hayden Hurst, I think he's going to be a pretty decent late-round flyer for fantasy just because Matt Ryan relied on Hooper so much and Hurst showed some flashes last year with Baltimore. I'm not, I'm not exactly drafting Hayden Hurst and feeling like he's going to be my tight end one and be happy about it, but I think he's at least worth mentioning as a late-round flyer. I think that he could have some pretty nice games. Well, what's your two cents on Hurst before we move on to somebody a little more sexy? Uh, you know what? When Hurst was a rookie, I uh, I remember I, I stashed him in my IR spot for a long time, and then when you know, when you finally get to see him hit the field, I just, I'm not impressed. I know he had a lot of competition with Mark Andrews over there, but I just, I don't know. I mean, the jury's still out on him. I don't really know what to expect. I know he has potential, but I don't know if he's going to reach it. I don't think he's as good as Hooper. I'll say that. Oh, absolutely not. I, I just wanted to mention him because, you know, that, that's a humongous void that uh, Hooper's leaving behind. So somebody's got to get those targets. I mean, Gurley's gonna. Gurley's obviously gonna take a chunk of it. Julio will get a little boost. Calvin Ridley will get a nice boost, I imagine. But I mean, Hurst. I mean, he he, he could get you four, five touchdowns. I think that's totally reasonable. Next, yeah. though, another big name, Stephon Diggs was traded to the Buffalo Bills. Personally, I like the move. Now, Josh Allen is emerging as a really good young fantasy quarterback, only 23 years old, and he finished as the QB6 last year. We, we, we all know that Diggs wasn't happy in Minnesota. It's been like that for a while now. Him and Thielen with Cousins, it just hasn't been working. It's, it's been toxic. He gets a chance to shine here. He's going to be the number one option. He's going to be lined up opposite John Brown. And, I mean, outside of those two guys... There really isn't much in that passing game. They don't really have a tight end. They don't really have any other wide receivers. Last year was like the John Brown show, and that's really all they had. Now they got Diggs over there. Diggs is more of a boomer bust throughout his career. And uh, I think this is just hoping that he can become more consistent with Buffalo. Uh, he's going to give uh, he's going to give Josh Allen a target that I imagine he's going to throw to a ton. So I do like Diggs here. I think Diggs is going to be more valuable in Buffalo than he was in Minnesota just because the competition uh, he, he was competing with Thielen now he's competing with John Brown like that's a pretty big difference to me what's your, uh, what's your take on Stefan Diggs playing for the Bills uh, I like it a lot I think I think he's going to fit into that offense perfectly he is a missing piece they haven't had in a long time over there and everybody talks about Josh Allen his ability to run you know, leave, uh, leave the pocket. He, he always gets rushing touchdowns, rushing yards. That guy has an absolute cannon for an arm. You know what I mean? So, it, I mean, Diggs is going to have a really big year. The only, I mean, it's not, you can't really think about this when you're drafting, I guess, but 
he's going to have two really bad weeks when they play New England because you know Gilmore's going to be all over him. Other than that, though, I mean, he's going to be an absolute beast. I think Diggs is going to flourish in that offense. Yeah, me too. Next up, let's move right along because, boy, we got a lot of players to cover. Next up, Teddy Bridgewater signs a three-year deal with Carolina worth $63 million. Uh, Cam Newton's out of town, so Teddy is going to be the uh, the QB one over there. Absolutely locked in for that. Teddy filled in pretty well for Breeze when Breeze went down with an injury. He averaged roughly 15 fantasy points a game over a nine-week span, which isn't great. Like if he was your QB one, that's not great. As a QB two, that's solid. That's totally okay. A couple questions I have though is: Is Teddy Bridgewater more of a game manager? And do we think he could finish in the top 12? I don't know about those yet. So I'm curious to see how he does when he has the reins of his own team. Because we haven't, we haven't really seen that. Like, he was so young back in Minnesota before he had that brutal injury. We, we don't really know what he can be yet, but he, he looked decent. He has, he has good weapons. He has Curtis Samuels. He has your guy DJ Moore and obviously an elite running back in Christian McCaffrey. I personally think he's going to be a great QB2 in two, in two QB leagues. Uh, I wouldn't feel great with him as my QB1. I don't. I think you'll agree with me there. But I think he's an interesting option to see what he can do. I'm happy he got a starting gig. Yeah, I'm definitely interested to see what he can do. Uh, he filled in great with Breeze, but that was that offense in New Orleans. So I, the offense in uh, Carolina is a little different. He. The uh, thing about thing about Bridgewater, I'll say this though. He may be more of a game manager type quarterback, but that dude has some heart. And I know that only goes so far, but when he was in Minnesota, he wasn't the greatest quarterback. He was young. He was still learning the game. But you put him in a two-minute drive, a two-minute drill at the end of the game to win it, there's a good chance he's going to win that game. He has a lot of a lot of confidence in his game. And when you're throwing at guys like DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, and Chris McCaffrey, I mean, you don't have to be that skilled. To look like a stub when you're throwing a Christian McCaffrey. Let's be honest. The guy's going to make plays. So. Alright. Now, real quick, let me ask you this question. Now, you like the Panthers, right? Christian McCaffrey, it's no secret. He's like your favorite running back in the, in the league. And you were all over DJ Moore last year. And you have no issues with Curtis Samuel. So is it safe to say, like, you kind of like Carolina's pieces? Yeah, I love I love the pieces. I mean, anybody that has listened to any of our podcasts knows DJ Moore and McCaffrey. I was super high on, and it panned out. They're both all right now. Phenomenal players. Now let me ask you this: Would you rather have Teddy Bridgewater over there, or would you rather have James Winston? Teddy Bridgewater. Why? Because Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater. You, I'll tell you why. You just said Teddy you just said game manager. Yeah. All right. That's good. Game managers don't throw thirty picks. No, but all game managers do, don't throw 5,000 yards. All you have to do is dink. Yeah, guy. All you have to do is dink and dunk to Christian McCaffrey. There's 200 yards right there a game. <laughs> like, and then you got DJ Moore, who is a game breaker. You, you hit him with a slant, he's gone. Like, it. Teddy Bridgewater doesn't make mistakes. He's a much better leader than Jameis Winston. And he's more mature. Like, when have you ever heard anything bad about Teddy Bridgewater? No, no, I love Teddy Bridgewater. I'm just saying, fantasy-wise, if I had DJ Moore or Curtis Samuels or McCaffrey, I would uh, maybe not McCaffrey as much because James wasn't really a big checkdown guy. Um, yeah, if I had DJ Moore though, 
I would be more excited if I saw James going over there because I know he's going to get a ton of these deep targets that I'm not sure if Teddy Bridgewater is going to do. Now, to be fair, Teddy Bridgewater was probably told to go in there and just don't lose the game in New Orleans because New Orleans had Super Bowl aspirations. So I'm, I'm curious to see what Teddy can do when he is the guy. So I'm not ruling Teddy Bridgewater out completely. I'm just saying if I wouldn't be mad if Jameis Winston was there. That's all. I had to get a little Jameis in there. I, I apologize. No. Uh, yeah, I know. You're all over Jameis. You love the guy. My thing, though, is in Carolina, technically, Cam Newton is still there. He, he has, he's been granted permission to seek a trade. There hasn't been any, any butters yet. So, technically, Cam is still there. I, I now, getting Teddy Bridgewater, that's a big move. But I feel like they have to get Cam far and away from that team if Teddy Bridgewater is going to flourish over there because I, I just feel like there's going to be a lot of tension in that locker room if they can't move Cam. So they need to figure something out. They have to trade him away, do something, because they need to let Teddy know that this is his team. It's you, and we're going we're gonna to stand behind you. If Cam lingers around, it's just not going to work. That, that's a good point. I'll be curious to see what, what happens. Will Cam Newton get traded to a team first, or will James Winston get signed? Uh, I, I'm actually kind of putting my money on Cam as much as it hurts me to say. But anyway, let's let's move on, because this is going to be a long-ass show. We have a ton of players to go. We're going to stick with the quarterbacks, and Nick Foles got traded to the Bears. A couple of notes I took. Does this mean Trubisky finally lost the job? Or is this supposed to light a fire under his ass? To get him going, uh, I think it's really going to come down to uh, to the training camp and stuff like that. I think it's going to be a competition to see who's going to be the QB one. And if I had to pick between the two, I think Foles will win that job. Hey, uh, man, you know what it is? It's like Nick Foles. Yeah, since he won that Super Bowl, everybody wants him to be the you know their savior. I don't think it's going to happen. I kind of think this move is the latter of what you said. I think it's more of to let a fire under Trubisky. I feel like Chicago still believes in that kid, and uh, they may be the only area in the nation that still believe in that kid, or maybe they don't. I don't know. But uh, I don't know. It, you know, th- there was rumors like people were saying a couple. Like, was it? I think it was before last season. People were like, oh, Trubisky's going to be MVP. He's going to be a candidate for you know this and that. He didn't do anything. All right, the, and I I hate to say it, but. I don't even know if it's his fault. I think the coaching over there is pretty poor. I mean, we saw what happened to David Montgomery last year. It's like, they just botched his rookie season. So, uh, I don't know. I, I think they're planning on lighting a fire under Trubisky to get him going, but I think Foles will probably end up winning that job. I think he will, too. And to stick with the Bears, uh, it looks like they finally are ready to throw Trey Burton in the trash. Because they went out there and they signed Jimmy Graham to a two-year, $16 million deal. A couple notes on that one is, you know, good for Jimmy. You know what I mean? Jimmy Graham's still pulling in $8 mil a year, and he's been on a decline for some years now. Uh, I think he's just going to be the same thing that he has been over the last three, four seasons. I think he's going to be a late-round tight end, a decent flyer. He's going to kill you some games. He's going to make you want to pull your hair out. And then there'll be the, the occasional... 80 yards in a touchdown game where you're going to feel like a genius for drafting him. Uh, for his sake, I really hope that Nick Foles gets the job because of his Strabinsky. Man, oh man, Jimmy Graham's going to get frustrated over there. 
but I, I feel like this is a player we can just touch upon really briefly, briefly, because we got more important names to talk about. So, give me your, uh, give me your ten seconds on Jimmy Graham. I'm not drafting him. <laughs> okay, let's move right on. <laughs> uh, AJ Green gets franchised by the Bengals. A couple of reasons why that's exciting. Uh, it looks like the Bengals are going to be landing your boy Burrow. Yeah, I think I know AJ Green's not going to be happy getting franchised, but I'm just hoping that he can see the uh, the upside in Joe Burrow. I think uh, I think between him and Tyler Boyd, uh, like in Mixon, Mixon turned it up at the end of the season. So. I mean, I know that's your boy. He he was bad. He was just downright bad. To, I mean, I drafted him in a few leagues, and he let me down. But at the end of the year, he looked great. So if he can continue to ride that momentum, you get the number one overall pick, right, the stud quarterback coming in, and then you have A.J. Green and Tyler Boyd, I think that could be something special. I'm not, now this is the Cincinnati Bengals I'm talking about, so I'm not saying playoff aspirations there, or at, you know, whatever. But fantasy wise, could be good. Nah, I mean, for, I like it. I mean, AJ Green sat up the whole year last year. He could have came back, but there was no need to. I mean, the Bengals were the worst team in football, so I think it was smart. I'm glad that the Bengals didn't bring him back after all, because now coming into this year, there's no reason why he shouldn't be 100% healthy. And then, I mean, he's going to get a new quarterback, so hopefully that rejuvenates him a bit. We know A.J. Green before uh, the last couple seasons where he's been dealing with these injuries and just dealing with Andy Tolan, quite frankly. He's usually a top-12 wide receiver. So he's been that way for the most part of his career. We'll see what, uh, assuming Joe Burrow lands there, we'll see what can happen. But I do like uh, A.J. Green staying with the Bengals. I think it was good for them. I mean, initially, I won't lie, I thought Tom Brady was going to be back. And I was like, oh, the Patriots should go get him. But, you know, that ship sailed. Sure did. All right. Let's, uh, let's keep it moving. Let's talk about Austin Hooper. Austin Hooper signed a four-year, $44 million contract with the Cleveland Browns. Uh, Hooper was the tight end one for the first eight weeks before suffering an injury that took him out of commission for a while. Hooper has now had back-to-back top six PPR finishes. And in Cleveland, I think he could be a new safety blanket for Baker Mayfield. I think this, I think this is going to take some targets away from Landry more than Odell. I expect Odell to take a step forward in the offense this year. And I think Austin Hooper is definitely going to be involved. I do like the move for Baker. I think it could help him be a little more consistent uh, with with Hooper being more of a safety blanket role. Uh, I do. I expect him fully to have his third top six finish in a row, and I think that he has a really good chance of cracking the top five. What do you think about uh, Austin Hooper in Cleveland? I think that's a good landing spot for him. Um, see, the thing with Cleveland is you have so many weapons. Like, if, if Baker can't get his stuff together, it, like, let's be let's be real, all right? Everybody that drafted Baker last year, you drafted him, you know, about the same spot as everybody else, but you had this feeling when you took him, like, oh, man, 
I got him. He's, he's still on the board. He's still on the board. And then you draft him and you feel great. And you look at your team and you're like, Baker Mayfield, oh my God, this kid's a stud. This is going to be fantastic. You know, I, I think I said he was going to throw 40, 40 touchdowns. That was my prediction for him. And then he's droppable. Uh, like, he was totally droppable. And luckily, the teams I drafted Baker, I drafted Brady. And then Brady was dominant early in the season. And then he fell apart. And then it's like, it's just, oh, man. But if Baker can't get it done with Odell Beckham Jr., Jarvis Landry, now you got Hooper, not to mention Nick Chubb, and Kareem Hunt is still there in the mix, which still annoys me, but he's there. You have so many weapons. That offense should flourish. He should be get like he should be putting up crazy numbers. So I think Hooper is gonna heavily be reliant on if Baker can get his shit together. Now, with all that being said, I know you lo- you liked Baker a lot last year. Do where's your confidence level on Baker Mayfield coming into this year? Because yet again, on offense, on paper, they look fantastic. Are you gonna give? Baker Mayfield another shot or are you, are you just staying away from him this year if he is in the right spot where I feel comfortable drafting him I'll I'll take a chance but I'm not going to be confident in it it's I know I mean all you guys know what I'm talking about there you get burned by somebody it's really hard to draft him the following year so I mean maybe like I said if, if he falls to the right spot where I feel comfortable taking him I'll take him because he has too many weapons to not make an impact. But yeah, I mean, we'll see. Everybody has their price, so they do I'm curious to see what too. Freddie Kitchens is gone, so maybe that'll help. That's that's very notable. I think Freddie Kitchens. I think along with everybody else that's in America, uh, Freddie Kitchens was was a problem. Like that dude, he had some of the most mind-boggling play calls I've ever seen in my life going for like fourth and nines and shit like yo and then you do like a draw like what the fuck is this guy doing so yeah I, I, yeah so I, I think uh, better things bigger better things are in store for the Browns this year uh, next up another quarterback gets franchise tagged Dak Prescott gets the tag which leads to Amari Cooper getting a whopper of a deal Five years, $100 million. I feel like Dr. Evil saying that number. What, now, I think we, we all expected some, some, something happened here. One of them getting tagged, one of them getting signed. Do you think they made the right call franchising Dak and signing Cooper long term? Or do you think it should have been the other way around? What's your whole take on, on the Cowboys, uh, offseason so far? Uh, I think, I think it was a small move tagging Dak because we all know Dak has gone public saying he wants like 40 mil a year, which is just crazy because as good as he is, which he is good, I do like Dak a lot, he's not worth that much. That's crazy. So I think they made the right call on tagging him. Um, the Cowboys, they, they did it right. You know, they, they locked in Cooper. Uh, even though I'm going to go on record right now and say he's the second best receiver on that team. <laughs> All right. Get at me. But uh, they already got Zeke, you know, so I, I think they made the right call, tag and deck. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. Now, when I saw the Amari Cooper, a five-year, $100 million, oh, boy, I was mind-blown. I was like, holy shit, that is a ton of money for a guy who was playing the year with plantar fasciitis 
And, uh, I mean, we'll see. I mean, hey, good for Cooper. Go get your money. But, but, uh, yeah, no, that was way more than I expected. But, yeah. Hey, I mean, they they got their pieces and they still got, they still got Zeke under contract. So, I mean, we'll see if the the Cowboys, I mean, the Cowboys is again a Cowboy, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's, uh, that's what they do. They also have a coaching change too, so we'll see how that works. That's, that's true. Jason Kakara is fine, finally. I mean, I'm sure every, all the Dallas fans out there are taking a nice deep breath right now. Finally, they got this guy out of here. And the funny part is he goes over to the Giants. So you guys are still going to be seeing him a lot. So now's your chance to get your, your revenge on him. Oh, yeah, definitely. That guy was terrible. All right, next up, another uh, marquee running back gets signed. Melvin Gordon signs a two-year deal worth $16 million by the Denver Broncos. I think this is horrible news for Royce Freeman. I think Royce Freeman is taking like as far back a seat as you can. I think Philip Lindsay, Lindsay's still going to be involved, but I can see Lindsay becoming more of like a change of pace guy. He's not. I think he. I think the way that I see this unfolding is Philip Lindsay is going to kind of go into a similar Austin Eckler role when Melvin Gordon was back. Like I think he's going to get. Eight, maybe ten carries with a few targets. So I still think Lindsey will be able to be used. But we all know Melvin Gordon is that guy. When he came back to the Chargers, he he took over the reins of that offense, and he's he's a bell cow. He's a three down back. Uh, I like the spot for him. I think he's going to be relied upon in the passing game with Drew Locke a lot. With the, with the inexperience of Locke, I can see a lot of checkdowns going to Gordon. I do think his touchdowns are going to take a hit this year. He's usually a big-time touchdown getter. But, I mean, the Broncos' offense isn't going to be as strong as what the Chargers' offense was over the past couple of years. So I'm looking for Gordon to take a hit in the touchdown department, but I do think he's going to have the yards, and I think he's going to make up for some of that with more reception. So I like this signing for Denver. I think Melvin Gordon's really going to take over that backfield. Uh, see, this is this is one. I don't know how I feel about it. I, I like Melvin Gordon. I feel like it's a great move for Denver, but I don't know if it's a great move for Melvin Gordon as a fantasy player. I think. Uh, I mean, John Elway knows what he's doing, so you know John Elway is going to be like, "Listen, feed that man. He's gonna get touches." But uh, it just comes down to. Philip Lindsay, like you said, but I mean, Royce Freeman, yeah, I mean, I don't know what he's even going to do now. He might get cut, who knows. But, uh, Philip Lindsay's going to be there. He's not going to go anywhere. Denver loves that kid, so. And he's not at. See, the good thing for Melvin Gordon in this aspect is Philip Lindsay's no Austin Eckler. So he's not going to be able to come in here and be like, oh, damn, like, we have to keep Eckler in. Yeah, that's not going to happen. It's. I think Gordon's going to have a better season than he did last year. But it's just uh, Denver. It's just not. It's not a, a great situation for them, in my opinion. They got that young quarterback, Drew Locke. Uh, I don't know. We'll we'll see what Trent Camp brings, but I'm not super excited. I, I would have liked to see him go some somewhere else, maybe like Miami or something. Yeah, I mean, I would have loved him going to Miami, but I just think with with Drew Locke, I think to expect some checkdowns, and I think that they, I mean they're just gonna try to ride. Uh, Melvin Gordon and try to run the offense through him because I don't know if they fully trust Drew Locke. I'm sure they don't fully trust him yet, 
So I can see Melvin Gordon, even if this is just more of a usage play, I think Melvin Gordon is still going to be uh, a top 10 running back this season. Speaking of running backs, it's time to talk about your guy, DJ. David Johnson got traded to the Texans. And I think the biggest question is, can DJ get back to form, right? He was a top 10 running back in 2018. But then uh, he has significant decline in the last 13 games. Excuse me. Uh, Actually, hold on. I'm reading it here. He was a top 10 running back in 2018. But he had a significant decline in the last 13 games. I don't know if that was supposed to be the season that just passed or not. I'm not sure. I typed out these notes at like 2.30 in the morning, so it's possible I might have got the season wrong. But I think I think it says a lot that the Cardinals seem to just be ready to move on from him and wash their hands of him. Now, DJ, I mean, he had the RB1 season. He had a RB3 season. And like, he's, fan, he's really good, but it seems like once he got that wrist injury where he missed – pretty much the whole year. I mean, he played one like one series and then he was out. He just hasn't been able to really bounce back yet. And I don't know if that's just the coaches being ready to move on or what. He is 28 years old. We know running back shelf life isn't isn't long. It's not that great. So, uh originally I was so happy to see that the Texans got him before I found out that Hopkins was in the trade. That's when I was like this is an awful trade. But, I mean, DJ, he has a shot to be their RB1. He will be their RB1. He's going to get used a ton. And we'll see We'll see if, if, uh, if Watson will dump it down to him like uh, like 2016, DJ. Uh, you're, you're the DJ guy. You've always been on him in his career. You love the guy. What is your take about this one? I absolutely, absolutely love it. I think Houston is the perfect spot for him. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's, it's really tough. That they uh, they had to give up Hopkins for him. It's kind of a little one sided trade, but I will say this: while everybody on the internet was kind of trolling him and oh that's a horrible pick uh, trade, blah blah blah, I think DJ does have a lot left in the tank, and I'm fully expecting him to be a top ten running back this year. And yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just it's tough though. It's tough because they gave up Hopkins. So Will Fuller's always hurt. Kiki's always hurt. Uh, Kenny Stills is good, but is he a receiver one? So, I mean, Deshaun is a good enough quarterback to win with whatever's around him. I mean, let's just be honest. That kid is an absolute stud. So I think his ability to be that dynamic of a quarterback, uh, I mean, I I think he's going to get DJ the ball in some ways that he's never, ever, you know, thought he could get this thing like freaking sidearms, pitches, uh, you know, the run play option, like it's going to be, I think the ball's going to have to be in DJ's hands a lot. I'm just hoping he stays healthy. And if he does stay healthy in that offense, I think he's going to have a very, very good rebound season. Yeah, I'm really, uh, David Johnson's one of the players I'm the most curious about whether ADP is going to fall because with this news, right, there's going to be the David Johnson believers out there, the truthers like yourself where you're going to want to snag him because you can see a top five uh, running back season coming from him from past performances and the new landing spot and a clean slate. And, I mean, he's he's on a team that doesn't have a lot of weapons, so he's going to use it a lot. So I see what you're saying. So I'm, I'm curious to see where his ADP is going to fall. 
Uh, I haven't been able to really figure that out. I imagine it'll be somewhere in the second round. Um, because, I mean, last season wasn't that great. So, I'm, uh, no, I'm, I'm, eh, I'm, I'm lukewarm on David Johnson. That, that's the best I could do right now. But it's still early. That could change. Yeah, it's very early. We'll, we'll see, we'll see what happens. Alright, next up, Philip Rivers signed a one-year deal with the Colts for $25 million. Uh, I, I like Jacoby Brissett. I have nothing bad to say about Jacoby Brissett. But Philip Rivers going there is a big upgrade, in my opinion. Rivers can sling the ball all over the field still. I think this is going to be a big boost for T.Y. Hill, and I think T.Y. is going to get back up into the low-end wide receiver one territory, maybe the wide receiver 10, 11. Uh, I'm not sure how I feel. I don't know how this is really going to impact the running game because we know Philip Rivers loves dumping the ball down. I mean, look at Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler, right? Those guys have been tearing it up in the passing game. Marlon Mack hasn't proven that he's a good pass catcher yet. Like, he can do it, but he doesn't really get utilized like that. So is Philip Rivers going to make him be more of a pass catcher, or is this going to leave the door open for Naeem Hines to get more involved in the offense? I'm really interested to see how that is going to come out. Because, you know, what Philip Rivers, who Philip Rivers wants on the field is who's going to be on the field. So I'm really interested to see what this is going to do for the running back situation. But I think this is going to be a really nice boost for T.Y. Hill. And I, I like Philip Rivers going to the Colts. Yeah, I like it too. I uh, I would almost put money on it that the first text Rivers received was probably from T.Y. Hill. Because you know... When Andrew Luck was around, T.Y. was an absolute monster. And I'm not saying Philip Rivers has the same arm as Andrew Luck, but he is he's more he's more capable of getting the ball to him than you know than Jacoby. So I think T.Y. gets a huge boost and a player under the radar a little bit. I love some Zach Pascal. I think I think he's gonna have uh I think he's gonna be heavily impacted by uh, Rivers also because you know Rivers loves going. He he just doesn't go to that one receiver, right? Like, he had Keenan Allen, but he also had Mike Williams. I think I think Pascal is going to have a good year. What, what, do you think this is going to do anything for Jack Doyle? Uh, you know what? The fact that Ebron's out of there, maybe. But, I mean, Jack Doyle is kind of getting older. I, I like, uh, what's that dude's name? Uh, Ali Cox. I think, I think he's a freak show of uh, offensive talent. Just very raw. So, I mean, I don't know. If Philip Rivers is gonna, he's a complete different quarterback than uh, Jacoby, and I, I don't know. It, I like the landing spot, but we have to just see who really is gonna step up around him. Um, yeah, and I'm not sure how I feel about Marlon Mack. I, I mean, you know, I'm not really a Marlon Mack guy, but I do think Marlon Mack will have a pretty good season because now people are gonna have to respect the pass more just because Philip Rivers is there. Exactly. I, I think that that's why I'm a fan of this move. Now, it's going to be really weird to see Philip Rivers wearing a different jersey. I mean, seeing him in a Colts uniform, like when you think Philip Rivers, like you think Chargers. So it's going to be really weird to see him out there. But I think it's going to boost some players. And like I said, I just want to see what happens in the running game. Next isn't really a free agent acquisition or a trade, but I think it's worth mentioning at least. Since the Jaguars traded Nick Foles, Gardner Minshew looks like he's going to be the starter, and I mean the dude is—he's a walking meme, right? I mean the dude has 
has like legendary status already. And he looks pretty good as a starter. I mean, he played in 14 games. He finishes as a top 19 quarterback with pretty decent weapons. DJ Chart uh, really stepped up. D.D. Westbrook kind of was playing as the two, which I think we all expected D.D. Westbrook to be the one over there. But, I mean, who, who's not a fan of Gardner Minshew? If not the player, the person, right? I mean, the, the dude's just a legend. Like, what do you think about Gardner? Uh, he is quite the character. <laughs> I'm not, I mean, I'm not going to go out there and draft him. If I was like really desperate, he would be a good guy to pick up, and, you know, as you know, to help against a bye week. I guess I'm not like well, gonna go out there and be excited well, what about Minshew. What about in a dynasty two quarterback? I think he's I think he's a really solid QB too in a uh, two, two QB quarter, league. Two quarterback, yeah, he's definitely serviceable as your second quarterback for sure, especially with a guy like DJ Shark down there. And I expect more out of DJ this year. I think. I think D.D. Westbrook would have been a much better fantasy asset last year if Nick Foles didn't get hurt. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. It, it's, we're talking no. about Gardner Minshew, right? I mean, what can you really say about the guy? Look at him. Right? The guy's a living legend. Right? I, I don't know if that's going to translate to fantasy points or not, but, you know, he's got that going for him. Uh, I'm, I'm sure Jags fans are pretty excited about this, though. Like, they might not win a ton of games, but at least they're going to have a lot of fun watching. Uh, ne- next, it, next was an interesting one. Another quarterback. The Raiders went out and got Marcus Mariota. And this one was interesting to me because they still have Derek Carr on the team. I don't really know why you bring Mariota in when you have Carr. I, is this another... Uh, Trubisky situation where Mariota is supposed to like light a fire under Carr but Carr was still pretty decent last year Carr didn't have a bad year so I just want to see like is Derek Carr on the trading block because I mean Gruden was talking highly of him but there was times when Gruden was just like wasn't talking speaking highly of him so I don't know if this is coach speak I don't know if this is supposed to motivate him I'm not really sure what to make of this one yet uh, what do you think about Mariota going to the Raiders do you think Carr's Cars on the block or, or what? I don't think cars on the block, but uh, I do think that Gruden loves Mariota, and um, I I don't know. You know how Gruden is. He, he loves those quarterbacks, so I think he uh, just wants a, a solid backup for Derek Carr. And uh, I mean, maybe I'm sure he'll lay a little bit of a fire, but I mean, how much of a fire is Mariota really gonna light? The, the best thing for Mariota, though, is the fact that it's a West Coast offense, so it's more of his his thing, you know. So I, I don't know. It just it didn't. It's one of those moves where it's like you see the headline and it's like uh, it doesn't really make sense. Like you would have thought Mariota would want to go somewhere where he's, he has a chance of being a starter. Derek Carr, in my opinion, is a much, much, much better quarterback. Um. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe Gruden has some up his sleeve. Yeah, uh, we'll see. We'll see how that one uh, pans out. Definitely worth keeping an eye on. Next, uh, I'm going to put these two together. So we'll do Hunter Henry first. Hunter Henry was franchise tagged. Uh, I don't think this one was really that much of a surprise. I know Patriots fans out there were hoping to get Hunter Henry, but he, he ended up sticking around over there. 
One one thing about Henry though that I don't like is currently right now it looks like they're going to be rolling Tyrod Taylor as their quarterback. That's not good for anybody. So I'm not expecting too much from Hunter Henry if Tyrod he, uh, takes and holds that job for the season. Not excited about Hunter Henry if that's the case. Real quick, just give me your 10, 15 seconds on Hunter Henry before we move on to the, the bigger name player over here. See, my thing is I actually like Tyrod Taylor, but if you remember, I, I kind of was on the Tyrod train a little bit when he was in Cleveland before Baker came in and took it over. I, I think Tyrod is a very underrated, or he was a very underrated fantasy quarterback when he was in Buffalo. He's he's a good uh, dual threat quarterback, but I can't see the Chargers not drafting a quarterback in this draft. So you're going to have to wait to the rookie draft and see who they draft, I guess. But Hunter Henry, is he, he's a good enough tight end where it doesn't really matter who's throwing the ball. He's gonna You're going to want to take him on your fantasy team. He's good for, you know, seven, eight touchdowns. So you gotta, you gotta draft him. Especially a weak position. Alright, so, uh, so let me ask you this then, just to put these guys together, because you think he could finish with seven, eight touchdowns. Who do you like better? Would, or who would you rather draft? Would you draft Hunter Henry, staying with the Chargers, or would you rather take a shot on Austin Hooper going to Cleveland? Uh, I'll probably go Hooper this year. Yeah, see, see I, I would have went Hooper, and I wouldn't have even hesitated for a quarter of as long as you did. I think Hooper is in a way better situation. But like you said, you're more of a Tyrod guy. I am all the way out on Tyrod Taylor. Well, I have a question like, for you. I have a question for you. All right. So say say the Chargers just go out and sign your boy, your boy Jameis Winston. Would that change your mind? It would change, it would change my mind a ton <laughs> I, I, I still might go I was, I'd still probably go Austin Hooper but just because Hunter Henry has the injury issues but if uh, if Jameis did go to the Chargers then I would have no issue drafting Hunter Henry and let's just say I would absolutely love Keenan Allen and Mike Williams like I, I, that'd be fantastic but I mean, that, you know, could be a, that could be a landing spot if you think about it I mean that's one of the few teams that still doesn't have the answer quarterback right now if Jameis Winston I'll say right now and you can hold me to this if Jameis Winston goes to the Chargers I'm going to do a breaking news emergency podcast even if you don't want to do it with me I'm going to do an emergency podcast a good 15 minutes just talking my shit <laughs> yeah I mean it'll be a good fit for him but see it doesn't like think about Tampa last year though what do their tight ends do yeah, but that no. was, I feel like that was more of a Bruce Arians thing than a Jameis thing, though. Just think about the year before that. O.J. Howard was a monster. He was a, he was a raid. I wouldn't say he was a monster. Yeah, but but Jameis wasn't exactly a monster two years ago, and last year he was. But Bruce Arians has never utilized the tight end position. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah. So, what do you think? Should we talk about Eckler or? Oh man. You know I want to talk about Austin Eckler. <laughs> All right. So Austin Eckler signs a four-year, $24 million deal. And I, I said all last year, I was out on Eckler. I was Melvin when Melvin Gordon comes back, he's taking the job back, which was true. It's just Melvin Gordon missed more time than I originally thought he would. But 
Austin Eckler was great. Um, Austin Eckler finishes a top four in PPR. He was seventh in standard. And Eckler got, Eckler was only decent on the ground, but where he made his bread and butter was in the passing game. Now, he had 108 targets, which is insane. He had over a thousand receiving yards and eight receiving touchdowns. That, that, like, that is good wide receiver numbers right there. A thousand yards with eight touchdowns. But, I'm gonna try to rain on it a little bit. Someone's gotta do it, cause I know you're gonna be speaking highly of him. That was with Phillip Rivers. Phillip Rivers loves dumping the ball down. Tyrod Taylor? I don't know how he's gonna be. I mean, I think it's pretty safe to say he's not gonna get 108 targets again, right? Like, I, I don't see that happening. I don't see a thousand receiving yards. I think well, 108 I think, targets? I know, it seems like a lot, but you gotta think they're probably gonna be down a lot. If they're in a rebuild year, I mean, teams typically just dump it down to the the running back. Plus, I mean, you can't really... If you look at Austin Eckler before Melvin Gordon came back, I'm pretty sure he was the... He was a top two, maybe top three running back. Absolutely unreal. Yeah, he was the the RB1 for an... He was for a while. He was, yeah, for a while, and that's with McCaffrey averaging like 30 points a game, which is unheard of. So, Eckler, yeah, man, I love Austin Eckler this year. I'm going to draft him. I mean, I, got, I can't wait to see where his ADP goes. But, um, yeah. I, mean, I he's, see. I, he's I actually think he's on my, on my list right now. I think his ADP isn't going to be as high as you think. And I think a lot of that's going to be because of the quarterback play. I really think that's going to hurt Eckler. I hope his ADP stays low. For that reason, well, and then I'm gonna well, when I'm talking, and I'm gonna flex him out, and I'm gonna well, run the season. Well, I don't know if it's gonna go that low for a flex. I'm saying I think he could go in like in the fourth round somewhere. Yeah, that could be a flex for me. You know how I draft. Well, yeah, but not everyone goes in there with the. I'm just gonna go all heavy on the running backs. Hey, listen, it's tried and true, and it works. Let's get it. No, but you know, well. Let's not get into strategy here, right? We're just talking about Snickler. Absolutely love him. He's going to be a top 10 running back all day long. And I'm not expecting Tyra Taylor to hold on to that job. Is And I do like Tyra Taylor. I just said that. But they're going to draft one of these quarterbacks. And they're probably going to start fresh with a new quarterback. So I think Tyrod's kind of going to get screwed again like he did with Baker. I can see it happening again. I'm still I'm still wavering on Eckler. I, I know it's um, you guys out there listening are probably like, how the hell is this guy wavering on Eckler after what he did last year? I'm I'm just worried about the quarterback play. Even if they draft a rookie, I'm still worried about it because you're going to be able to load up. And Austin Eckler wasn't great on the ground, and Justin Jackson wasn't that bad on the ground either. So I just there's in my mind there is no not a chance Austin Eckler replicates what he did last year. Not a shot. Can he come close to it? That's what I don't know. Right now, I don't think he can come close to it. I don't see the targets or the receiving yards or even the touchdowns if they're gonna be in this rebuilding esque situation at the quarterback position. So we'll see. Time will tell, but right now you're definitely gonna be if we're if we're drafting together you're definitely going to end up with Eckler because he's not going to fall far enough for me. That's about me. 
right, let's stick with the running backs. So, another one of your guys got a new home. Jordan Howard goes to Miami on a two-year, $10 million deal. The only notes I have about this was, well, at least we know he's the number one. <laughs> there was times when he looked like the number one with Miles Sanders over there in Philly. Uh, but then Miles Sanders ended up taking the job from him after a couple a couple uh, okay weeks. But Jordan Howard, I mean, he came out he came out big last year, and he still ended up losing the job. In Miami, uh, he's yeah, going to get all, that was his, that was all the burn. Though. Well, in, in Miami, he should be able to get all the touches he wants. I mean, what, is he going to be fighting off fucking Kalen Balage? Yeah, like, I don't think anyone over there is really worried. Yeah, Kalen Balage is terrible. He he may be the worst. I think he may be the worst <laughs> running back in the league, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, I can't re- remember seeing a running back as bad as Kalen Balage. But that Jordan Howard's way better. He's going to be the one. And uh, the, the AFC East is... Officially open for business, so Miami's yeah they're trying to make a push. Uh, I mean, Miami's made some gigantic moves, mainly on defense. So I mean, obviously the financial implications don't really matter for that. But I mean, they're they're gonna they're gonna make some noise, I think. But Jordan Howard, I think that may be the most underrated. Uh, that's probably the most underrated free agent move so far, because not too many people are talking about that. When this guy was in Chicago, he was good for a thousand yards and like eight touchdowns every year. He he started off great, and then he goes to Philly, and you're like, oh, this could be nice. And then they draft Miles Sanders, and I mean, I, like like what you're saying, they gave the job to Miles Sanders. I'm not gonna sit here and say Miles Sanders earned it. I think if they rolled with Howard Moore, he would have had probably a better year than Miles Sanders did. It's just it was predetermined that Miles Sanders was gonna be the guy. It was very apparent to me. So, I think Miami, they got Balazs, who's terrible. Uh, I mean, they got a couple other younger guys over there that I don't see too much potential in. But here's the thing, though. Could history repeat itself again? Like I was just saying with Tyrod Taylor, maybe Miami drafts one of these stud running backs early in the first round. It could happen all over again. So, as of right now, I love Jordan Howard where he's at. But it could change depending on what they do in the draft. So you think it could be another uh, Philly situation? Absolutely. All right. Uh, next one. This will be a real Greg Olson to Seahawks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he's just aging. He still has a little bit left in the tank, but, I mean, we're running on fumes at this point. All right. Let's go to Tampa. Uh, not Tampa. I'm not, no, I don't want to go to Tampa. <laughs> Let's skip that for now. Let's go to Tennessee. So Tannehill... Finally got paid four years, a hundred and eighteen million dollars. Couple questions. Uh, yeah. I'm gonna ask you. I was gonna ask these just abroad to whoever, whoever could answer. You guys can still answer them in your head, but I'm asking you right now. Can okay. Tannehill finish the year as a QB one? Yes. Now, absolutely. I agree with you. I agree with you because from week seven on, he was a top five quarterback. Yep. Uh, I've. I really like the spot. I mean, all systems go. If you draft Tannehill late in the draft, feel good about it. You got yourself a you got yourself a QB one, and I think he's gonna you're gonna be able to get him late. I think pretty. I think it's pretty easy to say that. I think you're gonna be able to get him late in the draft, and it's gonna be fine. 
It's, it's he, cool. He's gonna be he's gonna be one of those players. Uh, I think we did a segment on this last off season, but he's gonna be one of those players where he could be the MVP of your team, just based on where his ADP could be. Like he, he's gonna be one of those quarterbacks you could probably get in like the ninth, tenth round, maybe later in some drafts, and he could win you the championship just because yep, he's consistent in his weapons. Yeah, funny you mentioned that because. In our listener leagues, I actually won the chip with Tannehill as my starting quarterback. Yeah, I mean, I made the championship in my in our you know private league with Tannehill at my quarterback. Funny you mentioned All you right. won your listener league because I believe I won mine also. <laughs> yep. Now, I mean, we warned we warned everyone that was going to do the leagues with us. Uh, we weren't going to take it easy. We went out there, we took care of business, you know, status quo, and we're going to give you all a chance to win your money back this year. Yeah, you know, you know what I love about our leagues is everybody is, it's just, it's so competitive. There's a little bit of trash talk going on, you know, but at the end of the day, you know, we still, we both get the W, so I can't wait to see it. I just think it was fun there was like some kind of like blood rivalry between our two listener leagues like they would just trash each other and they wouldn't talk to each other it was so funny hey you know what the competition says brewing man it gets real out here yep alright now I'm gonna just give you the floor on this one Derek Henry got franchise tag go oh I absolutely love it I was worried about Derek Henry because he's such a bell he's one of the few remaining just absolute bell cow running backs. The guy does absolutely... I mean, yeah, he doesn't get receptions, but the way he runs, you don't need him. The guy is just an animal. Uh, aside of Christian McCaffrey, he's my favorite running back, and I, a, I, a lot of leagues last year, I had them both on the same team, which is friggin' awesome. Uh, Derrick Henry is going to... You're going to see a lot of the same. It's going to be his show. He's going to just steamroll players. He's still young. Uh, you know, this probably is his last run in Tennessee. I can't see them resign him to a long contract after the season. But last year, I was high on him when a lot of people were kind of, you know, a little nervous about him. But I was high on him because it was a contract year. And now it's kind of the same thing because now he's just on, he's just, he got tagged. So he's still trying to prove himself. So I love Derrick Henry, as you all should know by now. Yep. Now let me ask you this, putting you on the spot again. What what is your prediction for his ADP uh, this coming year? He's a first rounder. He said he is going to make it into the first round. Yep. He, he should. The guy was unstoppable. All right. Now, all right, now let, let's let's try to poke the bear a little bit here. Who who are you drafting him over? Are you drafting him? Let, let's start off a little bit easier. Are you going to draft him over Todd Gurley? Yes. Melvin Gordon. Yes. Joe Mixon. Absolutely. Alvin Kamara. Yeah, I will. I will. Ooh, we're getting hot now. We're going to hey. save some of these takes. I'm stopping there. I can't do it. Well, we'll, keep, keep we'll going. save. You can keep going, buddy. I, I'll tell you what. I, if I like somebody, I'm drafting them where the hell I want to draft them. You know what? I'm ending this right now. I'm stopping your Derrick Henry train, which a lot of teams couldn't do. I'm stopping it here. You are 
AJ, you are not drafting him over Saquon Barkley. There is no way. Uh, no, no chance at all. Okay, you, good. You, you, just stopped, you just stopped the Derrick Henry train like the Kansas City Chiefs did in the playoffs. <laughs> I'll take it. I had to I had to end it there. Like, no more. Okay. All right. Oh, man. I'm glad I had my fun there because this is where it ends. <sighs> Tom Brady signs a two-year, $50 million deal with Tampa. I wrote down, down here, this hurts. <laughs> <laughs> then it followed up, but he, but he has a ton of weapons. Uh, good for good for Brady going out there to have another shot. Uh, I think he's going to be a rock solid QB one this year. Uh, he's been wavering the past couple of years in New England. Like he'll have hot stretches and then he'll have cold stretches. Uh, he's in Bruce Arians' offense, which we know throws the ball. You know Tom Brady is a little more accurate than Jameis Winston is, a little less turnover prone. And he gets to play with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and O.J. Howard. I am curious to see, because we already talked about Bruce Arians, right? His system doesn't really utilize the tight end. Tom Brady loves going with the tight end when he has one. Well, he has one now. He has O.J. Howard. So is O.J. Howard going to take a big jump forward because of this? Or or is the system just not built for O.J. Howard to flourish? That's a question. Second statement. This is not a question. This is a statement. This is for the record. I got the mic right here. I'm telling you this now. Chris Godwin is going to fucking destroy again. If Chris Godwin could have a top five finish with Jameis Winston if he's playing in the slot for Tom Brady Jameis Winston can easily uh, Jameis Winston (laughs) I'm still stuck on Jameis Chris Godwin can easily replicate what he did and there's no reason why he can't outperform what he did last year yeah oh man you know what it's it still makes me queasy just thinking about Brady in a uniform other than the Patriots Oh, man. You know what? You guys don't really understand. Unless you guys are from New England, I don't think you guys understand. Like, this guy is like Jesus around here. So, like, just when you wake up and you see that. Like, I I woke up. I woke up to, like, six or seven text messages. And I just had a bad feeling, like, in the pit of my stomach. And I just, I start reading them. And all I see is I can't believe Tom's gone and this. And it's just, like. It sucks the life out of you for like a day, a whole day. I was just like down because we got to witness this man for 20 straight years. Brought us six rings, like every accolade you can imagine. Like, and honestly, we got a little spoiled. You know, it it was great watching him. So having him for 20 years, it's not like I don't blame him for wanting to, you know, broaden his horizons and go somewhere else. I get it. You can't be too greedy in this situation because we had him for so long. So that's that's what I got to say about Brady. Now, jumping back into fantasy. Oh, my God. Look at this team. Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. Tell me Mike Evans isn't the prototypical Tom Brady wide receiver. He hasn't had a target like that since Randy Moss. I think uh, you're excited about Godwin. I know Godwin's a guy. I am pumped for Mike Evans. I think Mike Evans, he is going to put up some scary numbers. And now I know Bruce Arians, like you said, he doesn't really rely on the tight end too much. But here's the thing. 
It's yeah, Bruce Arians, he's like the quarterback whisperer, that's great, that's fine. Whatever. This is Tom Brady we're talking about. Alright, Tom Brady's gonna have a say. A lot of say. So I'm not too worried about Bruce Arians, you know. I think OJ Howard is gonna have a huge, huge rebound year. Like comeback player. Like he's he's just absolutely gonna ball out. And it's gonna be all because Tom Brady. Yep, and uh, in one of our private leagues, I was heavy on the Bucks last year because I really liked the Bruce Arians edition. Uh, that league is a keeper league, and I wish I could keep all of the Bucks weapons because I'm so excited about Tom Brady going there. Uh, just to give my personal take on Tom Brady because you went into yours. Uh, no animosity at all for him leaving. I have nothing but respect. I will never say a bad thing about Tom Brady. And I'm happy that he gets to play with some serious weapons now. It's gonna be fun watching him out there. It's gonna be, it's gonna be like uh, gut wrenching to see him in a different uniform. That's gonna be horrible. But I'm still happy that at least he can go out there. And you know, like like you told me on the phone the other day, this is like a nice retirement plan, right? You go to Florida, the weather's nice, and he gets to sling the ball to just three animals. Like it's gonna be great. Yeah, I mean, Bruce Arians' offense is just heavily reliant on going deep, and he's got the weapons now. See, that's where, I mean, as Patriot fans, this is where we made the mistake with Tom Brady. We kept getting him to take these pay cuts, and and it was all for the team first, and that's, yeah, that's cool, that's great, you know, but we didn't put the weapons around him. We haven't had a weapon as dominant as Randy Moss, like, you know what I mean? Like, we never had that since once Randy Moss got traded. And that was years ago. Like, it seems like just the other day, that was a long time ago. So, I mean, I'm happy for Brady that he gets to throw to Mike Evans and Godwin and OJ. Like, I'm I'm actually legit happy for him. And it makes it a little less painful just knowing that he's going to have a great fantasy year. So, I mean, if you can go and get Brady, I know he's 42 and... You know, the people that aren't believers in Tom Brady, which I don't know how, you know, I shouldn't say believers, just the haters. It's that simple. The haters of Tom Brady, just let him slide there in the draft because somebody's going to scoop him up and he's going to absolutely dominate this year. Yep, I, th- I think he's going to have a really nice year. I think he'll be uh, easily a QB1 again. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I wouldn't be mad at having Tom Brady. And uh, now in the dynasty format, obviously, maybe. Maybe you draft him and you sell him after he plays this season so you can kind of get off of it if he has a big one. But uh, I do like the move, and I do like it for all the weapons. Uh, the, the running game over there still sucks. So, I mean, we'll see if uh, we'll see what happens there. But, I mean, Brady's going to be slinging the rock all over the field. So I like the weapons. Um, <laughs> do you want to take a minute or two on Hoyer, or did you get your Hoyer stuff out of the way? No, no, I mean, I'm not expecting him to be the starter. I think we will. I'm hoping we draft somebody because there's a lot of good quarterbacks in this draft. I think Horry's just kind of security blanket just in case, you know, or while the rookie we hopefully draft is, you know, working things out. But, yeah, I mean, it's Brian Horry. We've seen it before. Yeah, we've seen it before. Um, yeah, that, that's actually, we actually flew through this list. Uh, actually, not flew. Uh, this is a pretty long podcast, but hey, nobody in the world can really do anything, right? So we might as well just sit down and enjoy the football talk while well, we got it. We got nothing else to do. Real quick, uh, two notable names still out there, unsigned. 
uh, I want you to tell me where you'd like to see them go. First up, Devontae Freeman. Where do you want to see D Free go? New England. <laughs> talk about talk about a home pick. No, I mean I like Sony, but I think Freeman would be a nice little fit. Plus, we need we need help. I mean, let's be real, we need help. But no, I'm, I'm not expecting us to get Freeman. I think uh, nice little win spot for Devontae Freeman. Let's see here, maybe. Uh, uh, that's tough, man. Where would you like to see him go? Well, before the Jordan Howard stuff happened, I thought that the Freeman to Miami could be a nice little fit over there. Um, Freeman, the I mean, for... oh, that's not bad. I like it that. Was, it was girly. You know, slide him right into that offense. I think that would be a nice little fit. But, I mean, do they really want to get rid of a, I mean, they got rid of a younger dominant running back because of, potential injuries are they really going to bring in a slightly older running back that does have injuries uh, I mean hey you know, what ab- what about Tampa Bay uh, see that would be nice that would make sense it's a division rival too maybe he has a little extra you know a little extra chip on his shoulder to go against them that could work that could definitely work it'd be a nice fit over there yeah, I, I could see Tampa Bay. Uh, I could see that because you know Freeman. Freeman's not going to cost a lot to get. I mean, if Gurley went out there and got signed for what six mil, I mean, you can get Freeman for pretty cheap, I imagine. So that that's an interesting one. Uh, we'll see how much longer it takes for Freeman to get signed. Uh, and the last, and the last, in my opinion, the last really notable guy, Robbie Anderson, and. and to my surprise, Robbie Anderson apparently hasn't been really getting much interest around the league. Where would you, aside from the Patriots, where do you think is a good fit for Robbie Anderson? Uh, you know what? I do. I, I am a little surprised he's still out there. I'm not really sure what the hangup is on that. Because uh, if you think about it, going into this offseason, for free agents, it was really Amari Cooper. And Robbie Anderson, you could say, was the second best receiver out there so it's kind of surprising to me that he's still out there and not getting that from what you hear there's not much interest there and what that does is that's just lowering his market value so I mean he might just end up going back to the Jets honestly I mean they they need a receiver you know what I mean so I I honestly I think he might stick around with the Jets and uh, be their go to receiver over there so I got, I got two landing spots for him. One of them I like more than the other, but I'm going to give you both anyway. Okay. First spot, Robbie Anderson signs a two-year contract with the Indianapolis Colts. He's going to line up opposite T.Y. Hilton, and he's going to be another deep threat for Phillip Rivers. What do you think? That would be nice, but I don't think... Andy really needs him because, like I said, I I think Pascal over there is it, that kid has some serious upside. But it would it would make sense though. I got one for you though, before you get into your second one. All right, let's let's see if it's the same one because I got one that I feel pretty good about. What about Denver? Ooh, I wasn't even thinking Denver. Line him up opposite Sutton. Yeah. Oh, that's give, not bad. Give, give Drew Locke another another little weapon over there alongside Melvin Gordon. I don't know. Maybe. Well, who was your team? I'm assuming it's not the same. 
It's not the same, but that was a good one. I actually, I'm actually a little jealous. I kind of like the Denver one more than mine. <laughs> uh, I was going to say Philly. Give Carson Wentz another target, another deep threat guy. He fits the profile of a Philly receiver. Do, doesn't he? I mean, Alshon yeah. Jeffrey, he's kind of older and banged up. You bring Robbie Anderson there with Zach Ertz. Like, I think I think that would work. I think that would be a really nice fit for Wentz. Yeah, that wouldn't be that bad. I mean, there's a lot of teams that need receivers. That's why it's surprising to me that he he's not signed yet. But, yeah, I mean, those are all good options. Uh, really, I mean, the rookie, the, the draft coming up, there's a lot of good talent, man. There's a lot of good receivers. So there could be a team out there that is going to go receiver early and maybe they don't, you know, I don't know. Well, I mean... There's a lot of unknowns, but Robbie Anderson being out there, that's that's still kind of strange. I mean, your boy Jameis, like, there's some good names out there still. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. All right. Uh, I think we've gone long enough. We covered we covered pretty much all the big free agents, the fantasy implication-wise anyway. Uh, I do want to mention that we do have a Facebook group. All you got to do is search up the Fantasy Football Champs podcast. You can find us there. We will be hosting listener leagues again, so make sure you get into that group because we're plucking specifically from the Facebook group. Uh, we do have a Twitter at uh, FFC Champs, and we do have an Instagram, which is at uh, Fantasy was it Fantasy underscore Champs? Yep. Yep. Okay. Yeah, we've been kind of inactive on those because a lot of things came up last year, and then I mean the season's been over. But so we're getting back into it earlier this year because really everything shut down. Our our basketball podcast we essentially had to close down for now because there's no basketball. So we got football. So this is what we're going to be doing. We're going to be doing shows early in the year. So make sure you stick with us, and we have some potentially big changes coming to the show so make sure you guys stay tuned for that again the facebook group is the best spot to reach out and get in touch with us and if you want to get involved in our listener leagues or every sunday another another uh popular thing that we do is we do the live we do live mock drafts with the fancy football uh champs podcast facebook group and then we follow it up by doing a podcast breaking down everybody's team from the mock draft and it's really good practice. We do it every single week. So if that's something that you'd be interested in doing with us, feel free to join the Facebook group. Uh, is there anything you want to tell the people before we get out of here? Uh, you know, just we appreciate you guys listening uh, to our, you know, core followers. You know, we apologize for the uh, hiatus. Uh, but we're back, baby. Let's go. Gonna go, we're gonna dive super deep into this. We're gonna have episodes flying off pretty soon here. Uh, it feels good to be back. Yes, indeed, feels fantastic to be back. Again, make sure you guys follow us on social media everywhere. I'm Mark. That's AJ. The winners of our listener leagues, both of us. Hey AJ, congratulations on winning your listener league. Hey, congrats to you too. <laughs> right, thank you. I appreciate that wholeheartedly. And, uh, yeah, again, you guys want to get in those, the Facebook group is how you do it. We're signing off for the night. Thanks for tuning in, and stay safe, America.